해요. Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd. We are on the DeMarco Wrestling Podcast, and we've got a, a strong topic to talk about, and it's one that we've been hearing about a lot, Patrick O'Dowd, and that is the, the thought that there are too many pay-per-views being put out by the WWE. We're coming up on, you know, we just came off of Extreme Rules a couple weeks before that. You know, we had Backlash, and now we're only a short time away from Money in the Bank. And I don't know how to feel about this notion that there are too many pay-per-views what do you think well duh i think is really the first thing that came into my uh my mind because we now have you you basically have two wrestling companies running concurrently so you find yourself honestly if you if you were to take a look at it you're you're it's like the days of tna and the wwe when the wwe had one brand or wcw and the wwe when the wwe was just one brand you you definitely had the same, oh, it's almost like the same number of pay per views a month. I think it de- it also depends on what you're calling a pay per view, right? But there certainly does seem to be a larger number of special wrestling events available for nine ninety month nine a month on the WWE network. So yeah, duh, there's a, there's way more, or in, at least it feels like way more. Um, right. Maybe because it's all one brand, you know? I don't know. But it's not, and that's the thing. like, like it's definitely all one company. And if you add up yes. what we used to watch with the WWF and WCW or WWE and WCW, however you want to look at it, um, mm-hmm. or even when TNA was running their monthly pay per views, uh, like we talked yep. about, it might be the same number. But the, the thing that I get is people are like, oh well, you know, we just had you know, when Extreme Rules came up, we were like, geez, we just had Backlash, and now we're only a couple weeks away from Money in the Bank. And to me, I'm like, can you really make that comparison, or should you be thinking in terms of SmackDown pay-per-views and Raw pay-per-views? And even though you call them a network special, look at the Great Balls of Fire poster that everybody's talking about right now, and I honestly don't think it looks like a dick, by the way. Uh, it looks like two balls, yes, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, think, I think people are trying to pull the, the vapor trail or whatever that's going What's out it? the back. I mean, I, not, not that I want to act like the expert on such things, but usually it's drawn in the opposite direction. 
Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's just a stretch because people want it to look like that. Um, well, yeah, it, and, and it has the name balls in the pay-per-view, so as much as you balls. can do to run with it. Like the yeah. balls I see, the dick I don't. Yeah, basically. Oh, d- yeah absolutely. What I'm going it's on. a flaming scrotum, people. And, and honestly, I never thought I would say the phrase, the balls I see, the dick I don't, but yeah. it depends on the angle. That sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, and, and what's, what the dick is doing at the time, because then you may only Word. the balls. Maybe balls. your balls deep. Exactly. Like you didn't need to spell it out for people. That's that's the fun part. Have you? Some of our listening audience needs help, man. I mean, they're the people (laughs) that think that they're they're the people that think that um, John Cena is burying everybody. So that's true. We'll Um, get there. We'll get there. I know. So for me, like the Great Balls of Fire poster, the point about that is the fact that it says pay per view event on it. Like these are still considered pay per views, and they're still sold as pay per views, both domestically, if anyone will carry them, and overseas. And they're still treated yep. as pay-per-views, and they're still built like pay-per-views. They're a little more well, leeway, but, but they're yeah. still a pay-per-view event. But the point for me is that SmackDown still only has one a month. Raw yep. still only has one a month. Like, they're not... Yep. It, it, you, you can't almost say the WWE has too many pay-per-views, because really, outside of the, the co-branded, you know, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam, there are no WWE pay-per-views. They're, they're Raw. SmackDown, you've got NXT TakeOver, mm-hmm. which, if they added more NXT TakeOver events, these same people wouldn't be bitching, because they love NXT TakeOver. NXT TakeOver gets a pass because of NXT. True. I mean, it, you know you know, it wouldn't get a pass, and, uh, and I'm saying this, and, and not because I want it, but a 205 Live oh, geez. like special, like, you know, and we talked about 205 on the last show, you 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 did you tried to retool everything. Listen to me, it would work. Uh, I'm sure that would. Right. Uh, but no, it is you definitely that that was kind of my point too. Is it's it's basically we have to if you look at the brands as you as people used to look at companies, then we're doing the same thing. It's just that because they're under the umbrella of the WWE, we don't. I don't think people think of it that way because. Right. Because you don't, like, you don't think of, like, you know, when I think about people who I talk to, nobody sits there and is like, you know, I'm just a loyal SmackDown fan, even though the ratings are better. Uh, I'm just a SmackDown fan. Uh, you know, they watch the WWE, and so then, sure, it feels like you're watching a ton of pay-per-views. Because these same people, to, to go back to the Wayback Machine, uh, and, you know, and I do think accessibility has something to do with it, too. Because if you think about it, when we were when we were in our 20s, uh, and the WCW uh, and, and the WWE feud was was going on, the Monday Night Wars. Right. You had to make a decision yeah. as to what to pay for once a month, and so you either chose one or the other. Under the WWE model, at least here in the states, you don't have to make that choice. You've already oh, yeah. got it if you're paying for the network. So if you've got a subscription to the network, you're not having to make the decision to to pay. So now you get it all. You get right. it all. You get it all the time, and so. I, while I don't think that there are more pay-per-views and that there's too many, I don't think they're special anymore because you no longer really have to make a decision of what you want to watch it by. And not only that, if you recall, Greg, how much time did you have to catch a pay-per-view on pay-per-view before it went to VHS and you had to wait like the six months for it to oh, come yeah, out of VHS? you had to wait forever. Hell, I mean, you talk about, you know, you had to make a choice with pay-per-view watching. Back in the day, you had to make a choice whether or not to watch Raw or Nitro. That's not entirely I mean, true. Had, 
I had multiple. I had multiple televisions in my residence hall. I don't right. know about you. But not everyone did. Like that's the thing. True. You you had. I mean, where I was, we didn't even get USA. That when when I went to Whoa. college, we didn't get USA until my senior year in college. I remember Dang. an episode of Raw, and I still remember because it had had you know, Mankind and Kane were team were teaming up, and they were they were fighting a tag match in Hell in the Cell, and and there was a lot of I think Vader was something. I can't even remember the specifics now. Um, but it was going to be such a big episode of Raw. I remember calling home and asking my mom to record it and send it to me. <laughs> and she did. Like, mom did yeah. that. Like, mom and Marco records this shit. She started late, so, so I missed, like, the opening or something. And, and you know, that's always skippable anyway. And I literally watched on, on you know, put it in the VCR and watched this episode of Raw that I already knew was happening. Because we had VCRs and VHS tapes back then. Couldn't even DVR uh, that shit, and and that, so, those were the days, right? Like kids don't get it. And, and always some, those memes. And it, kids don't understand, but they don't. And it, and if some asshole changes the channel while you're trying to record that shit, oh, it was un- uncool. Or turned on the VCR, like yeah. turned everything on, oh, uncool. But no, yeah, I think I do think accessibility has a big part to do with it. I think that you know you kind of nailed on it. I like it's not special anymore. Special is not special. But what's uh, funny and, is that and, I think back then. We would have welcomed it. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I I welcomed it now when they announced yeah. the network. Think about how people felt when they announced the network. Like, I don't know about you, but we were we were really stoked when the of announcement course. came out. They said every pay per view. Yeah, like it was it wasn't a question of would we, it was when would we. Oh yeah, you I know mean, when when would we, we buy this? You know, when would we pay for the subscription? As soon as the you know, I remember getting it so I could watch the first pay per view. I bought a Roku because of the WWE Network. Like that's yeah. Look at you. You know, because I needed one for my TV, and so I could watch Elimination Chamber, which was the first pay per view that was on the network, and yep. and it built from there. You know, and I remember watching. Actually, I, I watched. No, I watched Elimination Chamber on my computer with my network subscription. I got the Roku so I could watch WrestleMania on the television. So yep. that, that's where it was for me. And and all the glitches that came with it. Of course, especially in the beginning. And, and now you know. Oh. And now it's so funny because I love when people complain about the network, and I'm like, dude, it's your internet connection. Like it's it's yeah. And, and it's funny because people are like, no, it's not because I can watch YouTube no problem. And I'm like, it requires more to stream the WWE network than yeah, just I, YouTube. I, yeah, I think that um, I think the last the last uh, problem I had with the network was the was was the Royal Rumble. WrestleMania went through fine, uh, but. Uh, and I remember it was so funny because when I complained about it on Twitter, like I was, I was counting the number of times it messed up right. via my via my PlayStation network, which I also do think that, that has something to do with it. The the, the message through which your internet is going through, like I've I've always found that the PlayStation app uh, can be a little more challenging with the live big event pay per view. Like I was able to watch Extreme Rules this past time, no problem, with with, with no issues. But when I watched um. When I watched the Royal Rumble, it would do this weird thing where it would like freeze, but I could still hear the audio, and then the video right. would catch up to it. I that that occasion. You know what's funny is that I, people will bitch during WrestleMania or any pay per view. You know when mine gives me the loading screen during like NXT and shit. And and what I'll huh, do is if weird. it pops up loading, I'll get up and I'll walk around the house, and what I'll see: my wife's on a tablet, my daughter's on a tablet, grandma's downstairs playing games on her computer. You know, my son is yeah. playing games on his phone. Like, like, of course, we've got like eight fucking devices on the Wi-Fi. Like, my son will be playing a game <laughs> on a tablet while watching a video on his phone. My wife will be watching TV on her tablet while doing schoolwork on her computer for her job. And and I realize, yeah. like, like, everyone is, is multi, you know, machining. Well, I'm just trying yeah. to fucking watch pay-per-view. 
or watch NXT. Or NXT. And that's just the way, you know, but that's on me. That's not on the WWE Network. But, you know, no. self-accountability is not something that people really want to do most days. That's so true. I get that. I agree with that. But the, this notion that there's too many pay-per-views, I'll go so far as, as to flat out ask and answer the question, like, are there too many pay-per-views? I say no. There's not. It, it's just, and it, it sounds weird. It sounds like a cop-out, but it's people really do need to change their way of thinking. Like, you are watching two separate companies. And yes. just because they, one shows commercials for the other, well, that's smart. That's almost like buying free, you know, getting free advertising another product of cross promote. I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Like, you know, TBS used to advertise Braves baseball during wrestling. It doesn't mean they were the same fucking thing, you know, and, and when Brock Lesnar it's fought the UFC, after, you know, return to the UFC, WWE advertised it. And, and even yeah. if it was the same weekend as a WWE pay-per-view, you know, people weren't complaining because they didn't look at them as the same, even though they were. Yeah, and the, and the WWE Network operates as a channel. Like, it doesn't yeah. operate... I think I think more people use the on-demand feature. Like I don't think that a ton of people watch the the live stream all the time, but it does operate like a channel. Yeah, I never. Like, there's a, there's the only a time I watch the live stream is if I'm watching a pay-per-view, and then it goes off, and then I watch you know Raw Talk or whatever afterwards, and then yeah, I yeah. still have it on. And I'm like, wait a minute, you what know, am I doing? Why? And they're showing like little five-minute clips of shit. I'm like, yeah, I gotta yep. go watch something else. Well, you know, you know when I tune into the WWE Network, when I know that they're going to live stream Halloween Havoc 1998. It's true. Well, and that you're the reason why not not everybody's watching Two of Us Live. I actually am probably one. I am probably one of the reasons why nobody's watching Two of Us Live. Or why really watching like watching the network for the purpose. Look, if Two of Five Live was exciting enough and musty television, more people would people watch. would watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what they would. But yeah. Do. I, yeah, I can't pretend that I don't get the most mileage out of my network watching 1986 episodes of, you know, WCW or uh, AWA. Right. God, please, WWE Network, put more AWA episodes on there. Come on. They will. They, they will. They, they've got, no, they, they, the last things they got are some brief forays with Shawn Michaels that they put on like three years ago. It's like the same thing with World Class Championship Wrestling. The Ultimate Warrior died, and they put up a few episodes of the Dingo Warrior uh, showing up on WCCW. And that was it. Like, I... They have it. They have it. They're just... It's not, you know, on their priority list. Yeah. Because nobody's watching it. Like, I'm watching it. Yes. I'm watching watching it. Like, I'm watching it and some 60-year-old man in Texas is looking for him. That's that's what we got. Yes. And our friend Sharky from the Fun House is watching. Sharky is absolutely watching. You know he is. Yeah, he's definitely watching that stuff. And reliving it, every single moment of it. I gotta ask him if he ever attended a show at the Sportatorium. Because that would that's be. That's a great, you know. Did he meet Bob Cottle? That's what yeah. I wanna know. That, that's what you would ask, yeah. Most yes. people would go Not, the Von Eric route or something like no, that. No, no, I wanna know if he met Bob Cottle. That's right. Maybe. Bob Cottle. Bob Cottle sounds like something you ask a girl. Bob Cottle sounds like something you pay an Asian chick to do to you. Would you, would you do a Bob Cottle, please? Yes, how much for the Bob Cottle? Too oh, much. Man. No, lower. Lower. We're, Next time we head out to Vegas, we're going to see if we can find somebody who will do a Bob Cottle. Oh, you can find somebody who will do a Bob Cottle. Well, well, because here's the thing. is We're not going to say what a Bob Cottle is because nobody knows. You just know that that, <laughs> that hooker's just going to do it because they want the money, and they're just going to do something <laughs> and hope that you think that that's a Bob Cottle. Right. Be like, that's the best Bob Cottle I ever got. <laughs> oh, also the only Bob Cottle I've ever gotten. We are going to – this is going to live on for a long time, this Bob Cottle stuff. You know, there you go. Got to get a Bob Cottle. 
Oh, Gotta get a Bob Cottle. But so so for me, I don't think there's too much. I and of course it's like you said. Like I finally feel spoiled because I don't have to skip anything. I don't have to feel bad. You know, I, when they had the brand split before, you had to pay for two pay per views. Someone that yep. was crazy. Now you get them for ten dollars, which is just unheard of. So not, not sure. only that, like I said, and the other thing was is if you missed it on on the live play, like you only had a week of yeah. replay. Yeah. Before you again, and I, I, I was all about. I was the guy who had to keep checking the video store regularly. Right. Like we'd have the date down and be like, okay, it's Tuesday. Boom. Oh, there's Starcade, or there's um, mm-hmm. or there's SummerSlam. Oh there's, yeah. The, there's the latest royal. Of course. Because I was in, I was in a family. I wasn't allowed to get pay per view. Like my right. parents would not spend that money ever. Oh no. When and I was so, younger, it was it was video store, and and I was real honestly. And this is going way back before the Monday Night Wars, of course. But for me, yep. it was it was you know I read about them in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah, like that's how you got them, and cool. you saw what the WWF showed you on television. You you know what my favorite my favorite pay per view and pay per view match of all time is? What's that? Yeah, I, you don't know, you don't remember? I, I don't. I'm afraid I'll get it's, it wrong. It's it's Ric Flair coming in at number three and winning the Royal Rumble. Oh, Rumble. okay, of course. You would have gotten it wrong. Were you going to get it wrong? I, yeah, I, the night was because we just talked about another match on a show that we're going to watch yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of options. Yeah, yeah. No, so that was the one that was the big winner for me. I didn't see that show. I saw that show three years after it happened, maybe two years after it happened, yeah. uh, from a video store. That and that was the first time I ever saw that. And you know the the famous Ric Flair with a tear in my eye speech, which was right. a Coliseum video exclusive, by the way. Yeah. Um, well, they used was, to do entire events that were Coliseum video exclusives. I remember yeah, watching fine. like a, a, the wrestling class house shows, which was a 16 man tournament that was basically a house yep. show that they recorded with with you know TV yep. production values, and it was never even mm-hmm. referenced on television. Like, yeah, like there yeah, was absolutely. a one night angle where Dynamite Kid made it far through the tournament, and then hell, the the finals were won by disqualification. The tournament final ah. was won by disqualification. Like that is some crazy shit, and, yeah. and that's what they would. And do. now that and now that's available on. WWE Network. I don't know if that one is. I haven't even looked to see if that one's there. I'm sure. There, there's there's definitely a wrestling classic in there. Um, if you look at like the if you look at the pay per views, um, just like there's that Tuesday in Texas stuff. And oh yeah. All that all that fun stuff is in there. Like there's so many great things. Like it's so funny that the WWE has uh, on that network has a section about hidden gem matches when within their own standard content that's out there, there are some hidden gems that a lot of people have never seen or ever heard of. Uh, you just got you just got to know and have the fortitude to look for it. Oh yeah, no, definitely. You're 100 percent right. Um, so so I flat out said no. There's not too much out there. What is, what is your flat out answer? Oh, my flat out answer is no. I, it's it's no. It's, it's, it's an easy so. answer for me. Yeah. Now I will entertain the argument that Raw is too long, but I will not entertain oh, yeah. the argument that we have too many pay per views. And, and I think that's why SmackDown's so good. Like they have less time. And they feel like they got to do more with their talent. Raw's got so much time, you know, and 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 they, yep. they fill it with things and and leave talent off. I mean, where the hell have Gallows and Anderson been? Other than jobbing to people, like there's all these questions that people ask. And and but you know, SmackDown. I mean, there's more people complaining about Gallows and Anderson than there are complaining about the fact that American Alpha hasn't been on television, which really yep. surprises me. It's because SmackDown is giving you so much good stuff, you have less of a reason to long for. 
American Alpha. Sure. Exactly. And that's been SmackDown. But that's that's always been SmackDown. And, like SmackDown and, and it is for, and, and 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 not to be that guy, American Alpha didn't catch on as hard as people wanted to want no. to think that it did at all. Because not every NXT act translates to them. It's Bailey all over again. Yeah. You know, and, and I think here's what I think everyone is gonna refall in love with American Alpha when they turn heel. Yeah. And it will happen. Oh, everyone turns heel. Like it, it's there's nobody, nobody characters on television that don't turn heel or face or both at some point. And and their name and their name is Ricky Steamboat, and he's long been out of wrestling. Right, and it's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sting. maybe no, even no, even Sting, Sting tried. Sting yeah. tried to go heel, but it was just so bad. That I'm sitting there like, like no, was you. Cowboy Bob Orton ever a face? I'm not sure. So no, I'm pretty I'm sure no. I'm sure he was. The Sheik, the Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik was never a good guy. That's true. That's true. And Nikolai Vol- Oh, Nikolai was later in his career. Yeah, Nikol- Nikolai towards yeah, the end. Yep, he had, he had the he had the the Soviet slash American flag trunks. Yeah. Oh, Nikolai. So, and and you know the Midnight Express were faces. I mean, they were turned face by the fans. Yeah. They were like the the original turned face by the fans. True. It goes back years, decades, even. Can't can't hate can't hate the Midnight's. No, not at all, not at all. But so we talked about the availability of pay per views, and we kind of accidentally segued into the WWE Network. And so I want to use this opportunity yeah. to introduce a concept that we are going to be bringing uh, to, to a future edition of this program, and that is when we sit back and review something from the WWE Network. Now, we're still not going match by match, doing all that stuff is not what we do, but we will review, and after we review it, we're going to take turns picking. So if it was a, an event that Patrick picked, then at the end of that, I will then reveal what our next one is. And then we'll watch it and we'll talk about it at a later date. So, so Patrick, tell the people, like, what is the first one that we are going to focus on and record for the next edition of this show? Well, and this was such a big honor, by the way, letting me go first and, and having to pick something that I felt was influential and significant enough well, to, I mean, to talk about. It was, I had so. it narrowed down to two, and then it was yep. tough from there. That you wanted to do? No, I had it narrowed down to two people. That, that, oh, that, okay. Yeah, yep. you ruined the joke. It's okay. Yeah, it I wasn't it. that funny. I, I I get it now. I'm laughing on the inside. Good. But uh, no, when I think about you know, I think about the kind of the most salient wrestling historical event that went on um, during my like sort of peak demographic. You know, that 18 to 35 year old demographic that allegedly we we need to worry about. Right. Uh, that that was the 90s, and it was the late 90s. And there was a company that was not just rising up to face the WWF, but was beating the pants off the WWF on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just talked about the Monday Night Wars. And that was WCW and its flagship program, Nitro. And people didn't see it at the time, but there was an event. Well, there were multiple events, but kind of the linchpin event that signaled to many the beginning of the end of WCW's reign on top was Starcade 1997. And so for our first show on the network that we're going to review, we're going to take a look at Starcade 97. That was good. That was good, Patrick O'Dowd. But but next time, don't reveal the reason. Oh, like save that for when we actually talk about it. Nah, no, nah, that's okay. You got you got to give them something to understand. Like everybody knows. They oh, know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm oh, okay you gotta with You got to give them something. I just think you gave him a little too much. Like you went full uh, Bob Cottle. You gave him the full Bob Cottle instead of just a little touching. Little Bob Ka. Yeah, like like next time, 
I didn't give up. Save the coddle for later. So. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. Okay. This is all. We don't even have a name for this thing that we're going to do yet. Like we haven't even given it a, a slogan, a name, anything. So. No, it's true. We'll. Uh, hopefully, I can find a good picture for the graphic. That show will yeah. be easy to find a good picture for the graphic. Oh yeah, yeah. There will be others wait. like. Yeah. That we'll card out, and you'll be like, "Oh, it's gonna be fun." Yeah, I can't wait to kind of stretch my uh, my wings out a little bit on this. One. I went I went relatively easy this time around. You did. But I've already I've got I've already got an idea for my next one. Oh, uh, six months from now, you're gonna be like, "Okay, there's this old AWA show on Daily Motion. I'll send you the link because uh, not only <laughs> you're gonna have to watch it." And no, like, I, wait, this I, thought, I thought I thought I was like the rule was on there. The, the next show, actually, it's funny. The next show is on the network. See, that's all you get. That's your tease. That's your tease. <laughs> well, and <laughs> you probably, for the most part, this will change. But you'll probably go older, and I'll probably go closer to newer. And so that's why we that's alternate. True. It'll make sense. Like I'm already kind of figuring out what I want to do for my first one. Um, I don't have to decide until we actually record that portion. So. Should sure. be good. So maybe what should we name this? That's the question that that we need to figure. Uh, out. I don't know. And we'll do it right here. We've named segments on the air before. We can name this one. Well, like like I'm, you I'm can hoping... go from the vault, like all that you know stuff that people always do. Um, you know, I I mean I like to talk about hopping into the wayback machine, but okay. there's no way to make that. There's no way to make that roll. You know, like I, uh, and that's a for anybody who used to watch car- cartoons. That was. Uh, you know, which was everybody. That's an old Peabody and Sherman thing. Like the name of the time machine that they would go into was the Wayback Machine. You know, it's funny. Uh, you, you bring yep. that up. I think that uh, there's. Pro- I, I'm sure there is. I'm sure somewhere there exists somebody, but I cannot think of someone who grew up in the United States of America who didn't watch cartoons. I know, right? There's got to be some some religious kid who didn't have a TV because be it was somebody. the devil. Some. Amish kids. If Amish you're kids. out there and you've never watched a cartoon, please. Please do let us know. We can just call it the Wayback Machine, and then our slogan can be that we're hopping into said Wayback Machine. And, and it's possible. So we'll call it the Wayback Machine, unless we come up with something better between now and you know this weekend when we record this, probably. So we'll uh, we'll make that work. So yeah. All right. I'm on we board. Trying man. to discuss whether or not there's too many pay-per-views. We've also named a segment, revisited 205 Live, and done some other things too. That's what we do. That's what we do right here. We never stay on topic. Of course not. Why would we? Where's the fun in that? We are back here on DeMarco Wrestling. Of course, my name is Greg DeMarco, at Greg DeMarco 411 on the Twitter, and at Wrestling Realist, that's R-E or W-R. Listen to me. I'm spelling it worse than you do. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G, no I. On the Twitter, and that is, of course, the handle for the wrestling realist himself, Patrick O'Dowd. And Patrick, we are talking about a topic that recently came out. It was reported all over, and it's picking up steam. And that is Cody Rhodes' story about his worst experience so far on the independence. And, and, <laughs> yes, indeed. And it's, it's, it, it struck me as very interesting. And I don't know, do you want to give the people like a, an idea of what Cody is talking about? Um, I mean, I can give a we can give a little like snapshot. I don't, I, I don't know. That we, yeah, that, we can give a snapshot. So, so, so yeah. So basically, Cody was was giving this interview was asked to talk about his sort of most negative experience that he's experienced on the indie so far. Experience, experience. As I run out of words, and he he described uh, a booking that um, he had made with a with an independent company 
in New England that um, was run by what he described as a younger promoter. Uh, he said he made the booking well in advance. He was scheduled to work uh, with Donovan Dijak. Uh, but he had a scheduling conflict that came up as he was brought in to film uh, a part of an episode of, uh, I think it was the show Green Arrow, uh, basically the, the, that same weekend. And for those of you who don't know, Green Arrow's filmed in Canada, and Cody expressed that he was concerned about being able to make it to the show on time at all uh, to, to do the work. And so he was trying to work with the promoter to basically see if they could reschedule, find somebody else to, to work with Donovan. Uh, long story short, uh, there was an additional piece to it where the promoter apparently was wanting Cody to go and do a public appearance after the show at a dinner uh, with some of the, I guess, I'm assuming some of the sponsors of the, of the show or um, of that current promotion of the program. Uh, Cody, according to Cody, uh, tried to work with the promoter to one to see if he could get out of it too. Um, then decided, or then did some work, worked with um, the folks over at Green Arrow to see if he could catch basically a late flight, like a 4 a.m. flight from Canada over to Hartford, I think is where he was flying to. Uh, would have been a red eye overnight, uh, basically something that wouldn't allow him to get a lot of sleep to uh, to come to this uh, promotion and at least work the match. He he had said that he had told the promoter that the dinner seemed to be uh, a tough sell, a bad idea, not something he was going to be able to do because he's going to be wore out. So he kind of wanted to call it a night. Um, at the you know kind of as I as I try to summarize this properly, uh, Cody had some flight issues that resulted in him possibly are, are being late, but he was able to get to the show in time um, to be able to work the match. Uh, but afterwards, when asked uh, about by the promoter, whether he was still going to make the dinner, Cody was like, you know, I haven't gotten any sleep. I'm uh, on it. You know, he's over, you know, tw- you know, 24 hours or so without sleep. He just worked the match. He just kind of wanted to get paid and go home. Uh, maybe sign some eight by tens and, and call it. And the promoter basically, said, well, do you want to get paid? Uh, sort of threatened him in front of the locker room uh, of withholding the, the check that Cody had come and worked and wrestled for. Cody almost doesn't go to the dinner, then changes his mind, uh, comes back because he feels bad. Uh, when he comes back, he basically feels like, or he basically says that he was blown off uh, at the dinner that he came back to, to kind of make good on. And then you're going to have to kind of pick it up from there, Greg, because I, I don't have the article in front of me anymore. Uh, and so I feel like I'm leaving something out. So the thing, so so the couple things that Cody talked about that you mentioned, the whole pacing was interesting yep. um, because earlier he talks about how the promoter was talking about how it's the biggest house they've had ever. And, yep. and, and, you know, and of course, that's because you got Cody Rhodes and Donovan Dijak. And, and Dijak's been this promotion that Cody doesn't name, but, but honestly, you know, two plus two equals Blitzkrieg. I mean, we can figure yeah. that out very easily. And, <laughs> yep. and, and, and so Cody goes. And, of course, it's funny because he, he wasn't going to go to the party. And he calls Brandy, as he says in the thing. And she's, she's like, let's beat this guy down, which is very old yeah. school wrestling promoter talk. Um, if you don't pay, you get your ass beat. Like, that's just something that doesn't always happen nowadays because there's phones and proof and lawsuits and all kinds of stuff that could happen. But it, it's, I, I listen to this story and I read the article and the synopsis that I saw, and it struck me as, as very interesting in a lot of different ways. And it might be a perspective that some people may not share. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. And, and I'll kind of give you a clue as to where I'm going with this. When Cody talks about going to the dinner party, 
he wasn't going, and then he they turn around and they go to the party. And he and he very explicitly says, I told my driver to turn around. Now, this is example number one of the fact that Cody Rhodes is not an independent wrestler. And and this is and he has no frame of reference to talk about an experience on the indies. Okay, I don't I don't have Google Maps in front of me to tell you how far it is from Austin, Texas to Phoenix, Arizona. And and I have a small frame of reference from promoting shows talk about like we had guys that were driving from Austin, Texas to Phoenix, Arizona. Fourteen to sixteen hour drive to work, you know, ten to fifteen minute match, whether they're going over, whether they're going under, stay in a really shitty hotel, turn around and go back. And 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 that's you know, I they, they got a hotel, they got fed. We we always fed the talent. I always made sure that there was food available. Um and, and you know, sometimes the staff would eat it all, which kind of fucking sucked. But it was you know, we did what we could for the talent and took care of the talent. And in this experience, like, I just don't feel like Cody, Cody was never an independent wrestler. I mean, Cody wrestled for his dad for a little bit and then went to WWE and, and learned it all when shit was paid for and he had catering at every show and, and everything was provided for Cody. And so now he's, he's not really slumming it on the indies. He's not really grinding the way that independent wrestlers have to grind. And, and so to talk about this experience, like, first of all, he, earlier he was talking about he wasn't even sure if he, was, if he took money for the match. And I have a hard time believing that Cody Rhodes, who has been with the WWE for, for a decade, you know, before, before what he did, <laughs> believe, right. doesn't know if he's getting paid. Rumors are also that he's getting anywhere from four to five thousand per booking. And I know we talked about he said somebody that he'd wrestle Matt Cross for free. And I'm sure there are other stipulations and, and, and things that are that are going on there. Um and I've talked to his manager before. Like when I was when I was uh first gonna put on the first PHX wrestling show, the date was August nineteenth, and that's the date that we ran our first show in in pretty much packed out the Arizona Event Center. And that was also the first date of availability for Cody Rhodes. And I looked into the possibility of breaking the bank, bringing in Cody for the first show, and just going absolutely bonkers, you know, streaming it on Facebook Live, get all the eyeballs, whatever we could do. He, and, and once his initial dates were revealed, he was already booked for Evolve. He wrestled his first ever indie show with Evolve on that same exact date, August 19th. Uh, it was also SummerSlam weekend, just to, to give a, a frame of reference. And Ring of Honor was in Vegas that weekend, um, the next day. So, so it's, it's interesting, like this guy did not have to come in, drive around and he's not losing money on a booking. And I guess that's where I'm going. No. Like no, no, wrestlers no. are driving 14 hours for, you know, if you drive 14 hours and you get put in a hotel, fed a meal and get paid a hundred bucks, like that's a pretty high class independent, you know, situation. And you still, and you still come out in the hole. You probably do. You probably do come out in the hole. Um, the rental car might be covered. Uh, we did cover, yeah. I covered the rental car coming from Austin sure. as well. So, you know, there were things that were provided for and, and, and some of them did stuff on their own. Like you go to Applebee's and buy a bunch of shit after the show and drinks, like that's your own fault for spending that money. Um, yep. you know, you convince me to bring a guy, another guy out, you know, Hey, can you book my friend? Well, your friend's going to get like 40 bucks. And, and so, and it, these things happen. But so this is not Cody Rhodes situation. Like he's coming off the set of a TV show 
to watch oh, yeah. this show in Connecticut. He's a successful flown, TV show. A successful TV show that he's been invited back for. And he talks about he's like I'm basically an extra on the show. He, he's in the show graphic when he's on the air. So no extras are in the graphic. Um, and, and so I guess what I'm getting at, and, and, you know, Cody had the list, and the list has pretty much come true. And, and you know, he's coming weekend. He's wrestling Scorpio Sky in a big booking that Scorpio's really wanted. Like, it's just, he can't, I, I think it's not, I don't, hypocritical is not the word I'm trying to think of. Well, um, I don't know the best word to think of, but he, I almost feel like him even complaining in the slightest kind of shits all over independent wrestling. Yeah. It, it comes from a place of privilege. You know what I mean? Like you kind of talked about his experience. Like, you know, when, when you, um, when you're accustomed to, certain things at every show you've ever worked out when you, when you then have to suddenly quote unquote grind it out, you, you're right. Like there, there is a real piece to it that is um, not being able to relate to that experience where the worst thing that a booker has ever done to you was this. Right. And, and that comes, and like I said, that comes from a privilege that comes from the privilege of, of not really having to work the independent scene on any level. Yeah. And maybe the after party was something that was discussed between the promoter and the manager. Didn't make it yep. to Cody. Maybe Cody sure. simply forgot. He's kind of busy. And, and yep. you know, it's the same guy who who said in an interview that he was ready to settle down. And then like a month later was like, you know, with one promotion. Then a month later was like, oh, geez, then I realized I got bookies out for a year and don't want to do that. Probably because Ring of Honor was like, okay, if you're full-time with us, you can't wrestle all these other U.S. bookings. Because they don't, when you're under yep. contract with Ring of Honor, if it, if it's an exclusive deal... That's who you work yep. in the United States. So you can go to Canada and work. You can go to Mexico. You can go to London. You can go to Japan. All that's fine. But and that's the other thing. Like he's working in New Japan, where the talent is treated oh, yeah. like royalty. In, Absolutely. In, you know, and he came again from WWE. Now I don't know if he's driven to any bookings. You know, he's based out of SoCal now, and so maybe he drove to Reseda for PWG because it's an hour away. All right, maybe he did that. And and the Battle of Los Angeles is something he really wanted to do. He's worked some other PWG as well. And and that that's all fine and well. Um, now I'm not saying the promoter is getting off scotch free here, because um, <laughs> the way no Cody one get, no one comes it, out alive. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We have to bring that back. Because um, the way yeah. Cody describes it, he got to the party, the after party, and it was basically the promoter and a bunch of his friends. I don't even think it was sponsors. I yep. think it was just his friends that were like yep. all blowing smoke up this guy's ass, like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread for putting on this show. And when you promote, you promote for different reasons. Uh, you might mm-hmm. promote to make money, which is, you know, kind of what business is supposed to be for in this capitalist yep. society that you and Absolutely. I talked about recently. Um, some people promote for the glory, like this guy, where, where you just want everything. Uh, some people promote because they want to be booked on top, and they're the only person that will book themselves on top. Uh, and, yep. and some people want to tell stories and be creative. Like, there's a lot of different reasons why you book. And I don't know, I don't know the reason why this guy books. Um, it's a promotion that I've actually been interested in. I've been impressed with a few things they've done, that that sort of deal. Um, so I think there's a lot of misconceptions that went on that shouldn't have happened. And Cody was asked the question. It's not like Cody was like, mm-hmm. let me tell you about this, unsolicited. Yep. He was asked about his worst indie experience. But you can just talk about, you know, you can answer that question and be like, you know, I've been really surprised this past year has been amazing. I had no negative experiences to speak about. You know, he was real specific to talk about how great the crowd was how great the locker room was. Like, this is what happens yep. in independent wrestling. Like, you don't talk bad about the crowd. You don't talk bad about the boys. The only person you really can't ever talk bad about is the promoter. 
And, yep. and that's and it's funny because if a promoter talks bad about a talent, it's a terrible thing to do. Even if what you're saying is true and correct, like you just can't do it. <laughs> exactly, because, exactly. Because no one buys a ticket for the promoter. And, yep. and that's and some promoters don't understand that. And, and that's kind of sad. And this guy might fall into that if he's, you know, celebrating his own efforts at this after party, which kind of sounded like an ego stroke to me. Um, you know, kind of like, kind of sounds like he was trying to get some great balls of fire. He was trying to get a Bob Cottle from three <laughs> without trying to get a Bob fire. Cottle. And, and, and so I don't think, but, but I just don't think Cody needed to go there. Uh, this doesn't sure. hurt Cody at all. If anything, it might make his wife look a little bad. Um, because uh, but it's not know. the first time. No, I know. And look, you know, he's probably just being honest and that's fine. I like yeah. that about him. Um, but this is just the way that, that, that some shit goes. Cody hasn't had to eat shit and like it. Right. Like the taste. Yeah. And, and there's an element of that when you work for the WWE, maybe being Stardust was eating shit and liking it. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. when the click did their, their curtain call and Triple H was basically told, you're going to have to eat shit for a year and like it because you're the only one that can really be punished for this because Sean is Sean and, and, you know, Nash and Hall are mm-hmm. leaving. And look at Triple H now. I think he turned out okay. So. Yep. That's just part exactly. of it. Um, but this is, and so here's how I would describe Cody Rhodes as an independent wrestler. We've all seen, if you're a sports fan, you know the concept of like fantasy camps. And baseball teams will do a fantasy yeah. camp where you can show up and it's like, it's like a day like you're being on the team, but really you're not being on the team. You take some batting mm-hmm. practice, you get to go to like a catered lunch, you glad hand with some of the players who aren't really that well known. Maybe one big yep. name shows up, you get to meet the general manager, the owner, and they take you on a tour of the facilities. Like it's not really like a real true experience of, of being a player on a major league baseball team, but it's a fantasy camp. You pay for it and that's what you do. To me, Cody Rhodes is like going on a fantasy camp version of independent wrestling. And, <laughs> and he's doing it to kind of get he lost his joy of the wrestling business and he lost his passion for it because of the way he was being used in the WWE or at least his perception of that. And so this is reigniting that and it seems to be largely uh, successful and he's gotten everything he wants. He wanted to be in the Bullet Club, he's in the Bullet Club, even though that's kind of stupid for Cody Rhodes to be in the Bullet Club. And he wanted to wrestle for Ring of Honor and he's pretty much checked off everything on the Cody list. Good good for him. I'm happy for Cody Rhodes And, and you know, I mean, we all see what he gets to fuck whenever he wants to, and, and I'm happy for that, too, because, you know, I would, too, if I were him. Um, but I just don't see the point in him complaining. And, and for the promoter, like, you got to book Cody Rhodes, dude. You got to draw your biggest house ever. You shouldn't be holding up Cody Rhodes' pay for him to show up at some stupid fucking dinner, either. Right. Like, that's just really stupid. And that should have been discussed ahead of time. Like, there are so many times where I hate when shit comes up that was discussed ahead of time. And, and you know, and I'm not going to name names, but you were flat out standing there when I got a text from a talent that was like, hey, I need $60 more than what you said. You know, I need $60 to come down there. And you know what I told them? I told them no. Yep. I basically said, hey, you agreed on this price with this amenity and this amenity and for these people. And, and, and they, they showed up and they worked. And that was it. And, and I won't even go into more detail about what it was like Working with them other than that. But you got to stand firm. <laughs> but you don't hold up money. Like, if I told somebody I'm going to pay you this, I'm then not saying, well, yeah, I got your money right here, but you got to go to this other thing. Not only that, yep. but another thing that I'll, that I'll get into, because when you're running a promotion, like, you look in the book and certain guys. Cody Rhodes is not going 
to Enfield, Connecticut, or wherever this show took place, or any other booking for that matter, without probably 50% of his pay already being paid to him as a deposit. You know, I, yeah, I right. like booking certain wrestlers, and anybody who's been on television or whatever, there's a deposit involved. So Cody makes it seem like he wouldn't have gotten paid. He already got half, basically. We'll just call it half. So he basically wouldn't have gotten the rest of his money. And not only that, but if you don't pay a, a talent and, and other talent knows about this, it's, you're going to get some shit publicly. And I don't know when this show took place, but it's also the first we've heard about this. And you yeah. think somebody would have come out with this information. I'm not saying anybody's lying. I'm just saying oh, yeah, there's yeah. some disconnect here between what really happened and who knows. Maybe the show was last week, and I just don't know it. I don't know. No, no, no. The show was, uh, the show was in March. Oh, oh shit. The show was in it March. Was, was, I think it was March or April. Yeah. I, 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 almost, I almost attended the show. Like, yeah. I almost bought tickets to that show because it is very close to where I live. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, you could have gone to some random sports bar and saw Cody Rhodes walk in and walk back out. And that's the thing. I don't even know if the promoter knows Cody was at the sports bar. Because the way he yep. tells the story, he kind of went in, saw what was going on, and, and just like, fuck it, let's go. Um, now, I'm sure at some point during, b- b- between showing up and saying, fuck it, let's go, there was getting paid. And, and that was yes. kind of left out of the story, too. Um, Very much so. And, and so I think some things were left out. But when I first heard about this, before I read it in detail, my knee, I shouldn't even say this because it's changed, but my knee-jerk reaction was, Cody's a diva. Like, that was my yep. knee-jerk reaction. Now, when I read it, I realized, no, Cody Rhodes is not a diva. Cody Rhodes doesn't, isn't truly an independent professional wrestler. Neither is Ryback, yeah. neither is anybody who leaves the WWE and hits the indies. They're, they're, you know, Sandow wasn't either. Cause, I mean, he worked for TNA. He's working for Ring yeah. of Honor. Like, this is just not the... You, know, you look at a guy like Christopher Daniels. Like, he ate shit. He drove, slept in his car. TJ Perkins, like, lived in his car for 14 yep. months or whatever. Very like, true. Cody's not Before living in his car. If Cody's living yep. in a car, it's a stretch limo with a full-size bed so he can fuck his wife. Like, that's... And, and, and I'm just you're gonna, really hung up on you're really hung up on Brandy today. Fucking Damn, gorgeous, dude. man. I'm always she is, a, she is a very she is a very beautiful woman. Yeah, she would. I would bob cuddle her for free, and I'm not even sure if you can do that to a woman. But I would. Do, That's I true. Would you usually got to pay. No, no. I, I, I get, they they got to pay you. She would not pay me a thing. She would. I would for pay bob her. Cuddle. I would pay her for the opportunity <laughs> to bob cuddle her. That's that's what I think of of of. Brandy Rose or Eden Stockton uh, or the fucker name doesn't choose in WWE. I, I, I feel I feel like a, I feel like a hashtag is going to be born out of this. This hashtag by the Bob way, Bob Cottle, Brandy Rose. Bob Cottle. No, just hashtag Bob Cottle. Well, if we do Bob Cottle, Brandy Rose, we'll probably get Cody's attention and then blocked on Twitter. And Lord yeah, he, and and you're, blocking me on Twitter. I, I mean, you know, you'd be in fine company, him and Abyss, and Titus O'Neil and Goldberg. Come on now. Oh, yeah. for, why did Goldberg block you? Yes, go. I don't why know. Do, why, why did why, Titus O'Neil block you? Why did Titus O'Neil block me? Like I'm a Titus O'Neil fan. I you don't even Titus know that O'Neil is 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 a wasted talent by the WWE. And yeah, I mean, yeah, his his job is good publicity that he gives. I mean, the man gave a TED talk. Like, yeah. like that's that there and and the WWE markets the crap out of that. Uh, yeah, I'm blocked by Titus. And yeah, and yeah you're blocked too. by Titus O'Neil. Like I think you the only thing it. I ever tweeted about Titus O'Neil was the whole father of the year thing that he won that time. And it was a pie. It was like, yay, congratulations, Titus. Like, you know, what's done. And then I'm fucking maybe, maybe Titus O'Neill asked Meltzer, he was like, this Greg DeMarco guy, he, he tweeted about me. What should I think about it? And, and Meltzer, Meltzer sabotaged you. That's what I'm going to run with. It was, it was all the fault. It was also, all the, see, that's Meltzer's fault. trick because he's not blocking me. 
So now, yeah. nah, oh, see that 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 fucking oh, the plot thickens. Yes, like like you won. And, and Goldberg you won this round, like, Dave Meltzer. You won this round. And and, let's, and and Goldberg, like that dude's so ridiculously famous. Like we've never even talked about Goldberg on the show. I don't think you've ever written about Goldberg. I've written about like, Goldberg in support. Like I thought the Goldberg program with Lesnar was great. Yeah. Why the fuck are you watching this? I don't know. It's not like I'm going to ask him. It's not like I'm going to be like, hey, hey, Bill, why'd you block me, Bill? Can you unblock me? Let me see your phone, Bill. I'm just going to unblock myself. Why, why can't we all just get along, Bill? Right. Like, like Bill, send me a DM or something. I don't know. So if you're out there and you can contact Titus O'Neil or, or Bill Goldberg, please find out why they blocked me on Twitter. Well, well, look, he, he I know why they blocked, blocked me on Twitter. I know yeah, why they you... blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> yes. I'm you okay are, with you that. All... What about Joseph, Joseph Park? Did he block you on Twitter? Is there a Joseph Park Twitter? I I gotta think there is. I bet oh. you if you I don't know. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna I'm gonna look in between if, the next show. If Joseph Park has blocked me on Twitter, then he's put a lot of effort because he had to switch accounts and then for, search for me and block me. Whereas the first time he blocked that's me, dedication. all he had to do was see the tweet that I put him in that basically said this guy's fucking terrible and you should never book him for anything. And I didn't hide behind. <laughs> I put him. I, yeah. I didn't subtweet him. I put it right there yeah. in the tweet, and then the next thing you know, I'm blocked. Of course I'm blocked by Abyss. Like, that's Rightfully fine. so. Like, I'm blocked from tweeting, about, you know, towards and about and anything with Abyss, and I believe that Abyss should be blocked from ever professional wrestling. So we're even is the way I see it. There you it. go. Yeah, yeah that's oh, fair. Goodness. But, we but yeah, we don't, we, don't, we, we don't need to add Cody to this. I mean, you've already no. ranted enough about Cody, so you might get blocked. Maybe you'll get blocked after, after he, not, he never hears about this podcast. Right, exactly. So, Why would Cody I mean, ever you got that going for you. Maybe he thinks I'm talking too much about his what's this us bullshit dude what's this us bullshit why are you why are you dragging me into this you you took my name out of the title of the show now you're trying to bring me into your blocks what was that all the show was too long i took and 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 now it's just two two words it's okay like i'm just trying to yeah marco that's all it needs to be that's it right you're on it clearly you diva you're the diva i'll put you back you are the diva i'll put you back on the graphic Ooh, i get to be on the graphic again put you back on this is yeah, you, if you're gonna try to drag me into your little wrestling war with Abyss and Cody Rhodes, I at least need to have my name somewhere, sir. First of all, there's no war with Cody Rhodes. Oh, there might be. There might Alter's be. already reporting it. We it's are at war with Abyss. I'm fine with that. You're I'm, just, I'm, I'm telling. You're, you're an unwilling partner in this stuff, but you're a partner. I'm an unwitting partner, but nonetheless, you're a partner. So, shenanigans. Mm, you were volunteering. Put my name in the show. This is what Put my name on the show. That's fine. O'Dowd Wrestling hates Cody Rhodes. Okay? Does that work? <laughs> wow. That's the wow. That's, that's, that's going to be... That's cold, dude. Because remember, that's... we tried to do the Patrick O'Dowd show with Patrick O'Dowd and Greg DeMarco, and it didn't go so uh, well. And, it didn't go so well. And, and, I, I just, I just want to say, you know, if you're going to drag me into the mud, if you drag me in the mud, I need to be somewhere in there. Okay. You get credit. I'll make sure. I'll, I'll write up a nice Facebook post. You know, I don't tweet, make... so I'll put Cody in it, and I'll tag him. And I'll talk <laughs> you're about sure. how you and how you want to fucking like it. I'll put those things in there. Wow. Now, now you're making up lies. It's O'Dowd Wrestling. Oh, I see how it is. <laughs> I see you prima donna. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just, it's just, I'm just fantasy, fantasy wrestling podcasting is what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Fantasy wrestling. That, that's, that's a new low for you. Not even really as, even the as podcast a experience. Fan. It's just sort of like the podcast experience. <laughs> That's what I am doing. I get to walk around with a podcaster and yeah, the, the, like, the manager of the podcast. You get to do a segment that doesn't even really make the air, like that yeah. sort of thing. Um, no, hey, I'm in a fake booth. 
Yeah, like big DJ. Here's the thing: big, big I, I would love to have Cody Rhodes on the program at some point sure. in the future. We would not bring this topic up with Cody. Rhodes. We might actually bring the topic up. I wouldn't shy away from it, but I don't think it's. I think it's gone tomorrow. Like, like this is not. Yeah, a yeah. This is a, this is a nothing story. Whatever topic. Um, you know, I don't know if said promoter is going to address this. I don't know if he has to. Um, I think he'd be better off not addressing it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Do you think he's going to address it? I don't, I don't, I really don't know. Um, as a, now, uh, now I'm going to pull back the curtain, Patrick O'Dowd. Are you sure you don't know? I don't know because I actually don't know that the, I, I talked to you about this before. Like I am going to an independent show, um, the uh, PVP show, Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling, which is connected to Blitzkrieg um, and shares a lot of talent, a lot of close talent. I don't know if they're the same promoter, though. And so that, like, there is somebody who has said that they're going to speak at the show. I don't know if they're the promoter of the of Blitzkrieg, though. And I don't even know if that's what they're going to talk about. It could be nothing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Exactly. It, was very, it was a very cryptic, very cryptic message. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. We'll, I, you know, I'll have more to report after this Saturday yeah. um, when I go to the show and, and I'll let you know live local and late breaking on the scene. Patrick, <laughs> That's here. right. And Cause everybody wants to know what's going on in the new England pro wrestling. Scene. Everyone wants to hottest, know hottest pro wrestling team in America. Pioneer Valley pro. It's a rhyme. I so it. I think it'll be interesting. I, you know, who knows, but yes, I am going to a show um, with a company that is connect very strongly connected with Blitzkrieg. They they trade talent. Um, there's been uh, Blitzkrieg titles have been defended at um, Pioneer Valley um, Pro at, at different times to put over that promotion. But I don't know that they're the same promoter. I don't know how they're connected. There you go. So so sum it all up. Cody Rhodes probably brought up a subject that he could have handled a different way, and it'll probably go away and be much ado about nothing. You know, two weeks from now. Everything I got. Everything I work for, everything I earn, but a guy like you just says, oh, this, he's John Cena. They, they hand him everything, but you, you complaining about respect? Check this one out. This one's a real kicker, right? You're going to try as hard as you can to make it here. And if you ever fail, oh, no, it ain't your fault. It's my fault, right? Because I buried you. And now we're going to shift to another topic of another guy who said something publicly and, and raised probably more eyebrows than the Cody Rhodes topic, and that is one... Jonathan Felix Anthony Cena Jr. or whatever his full name is. I think that's Felix Anthony Cena Jr. John Cena. Well, we had some comments to make about the the, the B word in professional wrestling. It is kind of becoming a, a six letter word, uh, but but reactionary, more of like a four letter word. And that is the buried term, Patrick O'Dowd, and and do another mm-hmm. your 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 Patrick synopsis O'Dowd today. Do another synopsis for the people about what. One John Cena had to say when asked about the the concept or the notion of him burying talent. Well, the really interesting thing is that um, you you say was was he asked about? He actually brought up the buried word, like oh, okay. in, in the it, yeah, like he mentioned it, like he's the one who says it. Talk about uh, I um, stand or sit. I, I podcast corrected. There you go. But uh, he was actually doing an interview, putting over uh, his new show, American Grit. I guess this is what it's called. Because uh, that's what you do when you're hosting a new show. By the way, uh, but they, John Cena flown to the set of American Grit, then flown to any wrestling bookings he has to make, um, probably on very little sleep, probably then goes to an after party or some other form of uh, engagement and, and, and not having to be held up for pay to do so, then going back to film. America. Have you ever watched the John Cena special? Uh, this is oh, yeah, that dude's, 
on the that dude's life is nuts. Yeah, and what's great yeah, is that, that dude... it happened. Uh, the bulk of it was filmed during WrestleMania 26 weekend, which of yep. course you know we were at. And and so yep. while John Cena was having his own personal trainer at the gym, we were setting up chairs at Ring of Honor. And true. And... Hashtag war on Cody. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no war on Cody. Oh, but I digress. I'm sorry. Please return yeah, to for synopsis, so, synopsizing the people. So they started talking wrestling, uh, as as is want to happen when you're when you're talking to John Cena, and he was he he talked about uh, his role in the company and this idea of uh, him burying talent, which immediately told me one thing. Uh, for all you silly people who think that John Cena doesn't know what's up. He, he does know what's up. I think you all know that, but he, he's well aware of what's up. And he, he talked about how when he works a program with a guy, uh, no matter who it is, he tells them that, you know, he, he kind of talked about it. And again, I don't remember the exact quote, but basically that he's going to bring it hard and that they should bring it just as hard. Uh, and he gives them latitude to, to go however they want to go with it um, in terms of working the program together. And that it, that he really wants to bring out the absolute um, best, hardest work out of out of these talents, and that when they finish working programs with him, there seems to be a drop in motivation um, from some of these talents that then leads them back down the card, as opposed to sustaining what they had when they had, you know, when they were working with John. And clearly, uh, you know, it did not take long for that article to be published or that uh, transcript to be published and for the interwebs to grab their pitchforks and their torches and and lead the charge. And so I turn it over to Greg and I say, is the interwebs right or is John Cena right? Um, neither. I well, see. And that's the thing, like in, in preparing for this, as we were talking, we have to look historically and determine if this is true. Now, Bray Wyatt came, came off of a feud with John Cena and wasn't really, quote-unquote, buried, like still continued to do things, still you know, still has won a world championship and, and is a, a very strong fixture of the WWE. The Miz is on fire. And yes. The Miz comes but... out of this feud with John Cena, the Miz and Maurice versus John Cena and Nikki Bella, which was completely fabricated just so John could, could you know, upon bended knee, could propose to Nikki Bella in front of, you know, a bajillion people of the world yep. watching, as The Rock would tell us, at WrestleMania, and, and good for him. And in my opinion, The Miz did John Cena a favor with that program. Like, because The Miz and Maurice did all the hard work. Like, they were making videos, making fun of mm-hmm. Cena and Nikki. Like, they did everything they could to, to yep. be the heel that loses to the face, to be the evil that loses to good. And the match was terrible because the whole time all they're thinking about is the proposal. And Maurice yep. and, and Miz did whatever they could. And now the Miz is a seven-time Intercontinental Champion and is pretty much one of the top guys in the company from a talent and promo, promo, or promo perspective. So I can't say that the well, Miz has been but, buried after working with John. But, but, here, but here's my pushback on that one, Greg, and you even sort of alluded to it. Um, the Miz was on fire before oh, yeah. the program with John Cena. Yeah. The Miz has been on fire since he tore into Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack. Oh, since the brand split. The brand split lit yes. a fire. Under, and even before that, he, like, that WrestleMania blew up. the brand split, he yep. blew up. Yes. And good for uh, the and, like, that's, and, like, Yeah, and, and, I, and I think and, that and that's... Going all my crazy. 
Yeah, and I think that's, and I, I absolutely believe that that is a different scenario. So he's tough. So, okay, we've pushed him to the side. Okay, all right. So let's we'll talk about Kevin Owens. Point. We talk about Kevin yes. Owens? So Kevin yeah, Owens Kevin got to make his debut against John Cena. Got to pin John Cena clean in his main roster debut, you know, and showed up wearing the NXT championship. Pinned the United States champion. The, the at that point, 15-time world champion, and, and strip all that away, pin John Cena clean in the center of the ring to make his main roster debut. Then he goes on to lose two matches to John Cena. Then what does he do? He becomes the Intercontinental Champion. And, 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 he, and he performs, and he walks into WrestleMania with the Intercontinental Championship and loses it in a ladder match where he doesn't factor into the finish, Zack Ryder and The Miz factor into the finish. Then we have the brand extension, and he goes to Raw. And he probably becomes, or eventually becomes the United States champion, and in part of, and, and, no, I'm sorry, I left out a whole big, important no, part of becomes the universal champion. There you and, go. And, and you this go. does it in, you know, being involved with, with Triple H. Then, he gets this amazing partnership with Chris Jericho, then if you listen to Jericho and believe what he says, kind of happened on accident. Gets to wrestle yep. a damn good match with Jericho at WrestleMania. Now he's over on SmackDown working and, you know, again, he's the United States champion, and he's working with AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Shinsuke Nakamura, and one other person, that, and Sami Zayn. Like, he's in a blind <laughs> spot. Like, what the fuck? So how is he buried by facing John Cena? He wasn't. He wasn't. So, so then there's Rusev. Okay? Yep. Rusev feuded with John Cena at, at WrestleMania 31. Okay? Which is a vastly overrated WrestleMania, in my opinion. Now, first of all, Rusev got the drive out in a fucking tank. So that's badass in itself. Yes, Rusev, the at that point, Russian sympathizer, Bulgarian brute, did lose to John Cena after beating John Cena clean the pay-per-view before. And, and, and so, it, it's again, like, I just don't see and and rusev yeah rusev has had struggles since then he's also had injuries he also got publicly engaged to lana while they were separated in terms of storyline so is that john cena's fault or is that him fucking up the angle with summer ray dolph ziggler and lana i don't know i can't say that that's really john cena's fault you know and so i think that I, my, my thing is, is I think that recent history doesn't hold water to what John is talking about. And I think that what you've, you've brought up and really what has happened, I would argue, you know, you, we, we talked about Bray Wyatt a little bit. Bray, Bray Wyatt has, has been, like, he's been a one-time world champion, and he's just now sort of, I think, a much more significant factor. And I think that Randy Orton had a lot to do with that. Yeah. As opposed as opposed to John Cena, after he finished working with John Cena, Bray Wyatt was we we made we we talked about how sad things had turned for Bray Wyatt, and I think Bray Wyatt uh, it's not necessarily because of his work with John Cena though either. Uh, I think that he's had one of the worst WrestleMania curses ever. It seems like every match that he has had to work at WrestleMania is the one that gets cut for time. Uh, or they, so, they they decide to use do a PowerPoint presentation on the ring of bugs yes. and shit crawling around because that's a great idea. But but even so, that in, but they even said that match was short. So well, they probably so, cut that match short because the crowd was going to sleep. 
during yeah, the they had no idea what the hell was happening there. So, so regardless, Bray Wyatt's probably the one recent example where I, maybe, uh, because you know, he worked in this big program with Cena. It was a big deal. Uh, he talked a lot of shit about Cena. He lost. And then he just lost a lot afterwards. Like, and it was really like the, the Bray Wyatt's whole following and family. Like it just wasn't working. Um, and, and work not, I, I don't think wasn't working is the right word. He, he just wasn't, he wasn't really made a significant player. Do I know that that's John Cena's fault? You know, I don't know. Huh. The crowd hates John Cena so much that you would think that the crowd would not let the guy get buried after losing to John Cena. You know what I mean? Like that the crowd would make it a more significant play. But, you know, when you look at the kind of the apex of John Cena, and people also forgot about this, John Cena's role now versus, you know, say when he was working matches with Umaga uh, and Edge, which yeah. would you say he buried Edge when he worked with Edge? I don't, I don't think that's true. Oh, I'm going to go there. I was going to go there. I was gonna go yeah. there um, you know, the perception, I think that, I think that people's belief that because John Cena is the Hulk, you know, basically the Hulk Hogan of his generation of, the, you know, he's always been the good guy for as long as most people remember. People don't really remember his sort of ruthless aggression, sort of heelish behavior. He's, he's not that anymore. Um, maybe you look at, you know, you look at his work in the early 2000s or, you know, in the, in the, in the first decade of the 2000s, when he was real, when he truly was the top of the card, and he was the the main draw. Uh, but even then, he didn't really he didn't win Hogan style. You know, he didn't win Hulk Hogan style, where he you know would beat a guy and you would never hear from that guy ever again in the history of ever. Right. So here's the WWE's booking. It is it cycles, and yep. some guys tend to cycle off after John after feuding with John Cena because what else are they going to do? And you talked about how Bray Wyatt lost a lot after the feud with John Cena. Well, yeah. There's no unless you're feuding with a jobber, someone has to lose, and yeah. someone. And then what's funny is so so either someone's losing too much, or so in an effort to protect both guys, we have even Stevens booking, and then people bitch about that, right? So I, I actually think yeah, between the two, even Stevens booking is worse for me. I hate even right. Stevens booking. So someone has to go under. Bray Wyatt is also such a strong character that he can afford those things. He still comes out and he's still credible in the eyes of the fans. Now, I go back uh, over a decade, and you, you brought up Edge. And Edge was the point I wanted yep. to make here. Edge had the first ever Money in the Bank cash-in. And he did it in, in after the first Elimination Chamber. The Chamber's going up. Show's going off the air. And here comes Vince McMahon. Stop, you know, stop the cage. Whatever. Raise the cage. And he does his whole thing. And he's like, there's another match. And, and, and then and Vince actually announced that Edge was cashing in, which is the only time yep. that's ever happened. So Edge comes out, cashes in. Beats John Cena, becomes a world champion. Three weeks later, John Cena wins the belt back from Edge by submission to a weak-ass STF, and we were pissed off. We were sitting oh, yeah. at Hooters, and we were not happy. We were like, <laughs> we, we were, if, if, if wrestling were today what it was back then, we would have been sitting there in Bullet Club t-shirts in front of our yeah. laptop, two-sweeting each other when Rey Mysterio won the Royal Rumble, but fucking <laughs> pissed off when John Cena buries Edge and, and wins the world championship after three weeks. Now, Edge is in the Hall of Fame. Edge has gone on to main event WrestleMania with The Undertaker. Edge has one of the best Hell in the Cell matches ever with him. Edge is a legend. And, and so I can't say John Cena buried Edge, even though he won the world title from him pretty convincingly 
three weeks after Edge, mm-hmm. you know, cashed in the one in a very cowardly manner, won his world title in, in, in a very cowardly manner yep. to establish the Money in the Bank briefcase. And and Edge turned out pretty, and I guarantee you, Edge would talk about how much cashing in that briefcase did for his career. You know, oh, yeah, almost as much as stealing leader from Matt Hardy. So, <laughs> you know, I just don't buy it. I think you get to work with John Cena, and you can't use that to elevate your career. That's on you. Yep. And, and you know, look at, you know, Dean Ambrose worked with John Cena briefly, and it was for the right to fight Seth Rollins. And Ambrose got to fight Rollins and Cena fought Orton in a hell in the cell. And, and Bray Wyatt's gone on a feud with Roman Reigns. Of course he's going to lose. He's feuding with Roman Reigns. Like, if the company wants to build somebody, other people have to lose. And that's just the way yep. it goes. And if Christopher Daniels were on the show right now, he'd be telling us that's who the bookers decide to push. And that's what happens. And, and so I don't – now, now Cena's criticism, I don't think it's coming from a sense where it's, it's you know, you got to – you know, you're demotivated after working with me because you're given a lot of freedom. You probably are given a lot of freedom because you're working with John Cena. But and this is a belief I'm going to get to here in a minute when we talk about somebody else. The, we all know the booking is not always the best. We all know the no, writing is not always the best. Not at all. So if you decide to work for the WWE in the main roster, you have to know that that you that the booking is bad. If you ever watched the movie Ocean's Eleven, when when George Clooney, my favorite movie, so that's what I'm talking about. George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Pitch to Elliot Gould that they want to steal from, from Andy, Garcia's, Andy Garcia's casinos. Elliot Gould straight up tells him, if you're going to steal from Terry Benedict, you better goddamn know, because he will fucking kill you. And if you're going to go and work on the WWE's main roster, you better goddamn know. The writing will kill you. Because that's, <laughs> that's not going to change. They're not going to be like, okay, we just called Bailey up to the main roster. Now the writing's better. No. The writing is not suddenly better because we called Bailey up to the main roster. I'll table the Bailey topic for that. a second. But here's the thing. You feud with John Cena, you basically got to jump off of a springboard, okay? You got to yep. sincar your way into the ring, and, and now you get to move forward from there. What you do with that is on you, no matter what you're given by the writers. Because Kevin Owens was given fat guy in a T-shirt, and he has turned it into gold. And Dolph Ziggler was given Dolph Ziggler. He shook hands backstage, and he is going into the Hall of Fame when he finishes his career. The Miz had more things against him over and over and over again. And look at him now. I mean, there are so many examples hoorah. of people. Remember Hoorah? Yeah. Hoorah when he was there to the crowd? I mean, The Rock, the Miz. The Rock yeah. showed up and was the blue chip Rocky Maivia. Had terrible hair. The Rock makes fun of that himself. Because he oh, yeah. was given a little window of opportunity to be in the nation of domination. And, and the fans were chanting, Rocky sucks. And he turned to, you look at every big star, the fans turned on John Cena. The fans turned yeah. on The Rock. The fans didn't even like the ringmaster when Steve Austin was the ringmaster. Oh, and God, the ringmaster was terrible. It was. And look what he became. The fans didn't like Roman Reigns. And now they're starting to turn that shit around. Roman is starting to get cheers. And, and just think about that. And he's working guys like Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, yep. Samoa Joe, like, and, and, and Roman is not hatred. And he's still a top merchandise seller in the company. So it, it's... No, Greg. No, you're wrong. And Roman has some terrible fucking writing. He, suffering you know, suck Suffering succotash. Like, that was written for Roman Reigns. Yeah. You know? And, 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 you know, and you know that that's the company guy being like, I have to say this. Yeah, he has to say it. 
You know, Jinder Mahal, his program was rewritten by Vince McMahon. He goes out there, cuts the promo to, that he didn't like to the best of his ability, and then he realizes, holy shit, look at the heat I'm drawing because I did what Vince said. And Which, of course, then tells you that maybe Vince isn't entirely a loss of all of his faculties no. either. The problem is the problem with Vince McMahon, and I rarely bring up the problem with Vince McMahon because the man yeah. is brilliant. The man has built the WWE, and you can't say anything against that. Nope. At this point in his career, it's been this way since, I don't know, while John Cena was coming up. He only swings for home runs. Yeah. He's not trying to hit a single. He's not trying to hit a double. He's not even trying to hit a triple. Those happen on accident. He's only trying to hit home runs. And, yeah. and so Vince is either shooting for a main eventer or doesn't care. That's why when Bray Wyatt's not in the main event, he's doing whatever to elevate someone to the main event. That's what it's about this day and age in the WWE. It's creating household names that'll draw in the house shows, that your mom knows who they are, that your girlfriend knows who they are, that somebody who's at a bar watching UFC pay-per-view sees the poster with Roman Reigns on it. They know who Roman Reigns is because Vince McMahon built that guy. And, and so that's what it's all about. So Vince McMahon only swings for home runs. But if you get to work with John Cena and you get buried or you fall down the ladder or you slide on the pole after that, that's on you. It's not on John Cena. It's not on the right. It's not on anybody else. You were given a golden ticket, the brass ring, so to speak. And, and, and there's no better example or no better metaphor for the brass ring than that money in the bank briefcase. That's like grabbing the brass ring. It's literally hanging there for you to grab. The Miz has grabbed the brass ring. Jinder Mahal grabbed the brass ring. Whether or not it should have been dangled in front of him does not matter. It was dangled, and he grabbed AJ Styles. But we didn't know AJ was going to come in and be a world champion in his first year in the company. And I don't even know if they knew it. They dangled the brass ring, and AJ became world champion. Like, it just, you know, Alexa Bliss didn't do shit in NXT. Probably should have been NXT Women's Champion, but wasn't because of fucking Bailey. Bailey's coming back again, Patrick Adown. Uh. So I, I just want to let you know that I realized something. What? I totally get why you changed the name of the show now. Because it's just me talking? <laughs> Seriously, dude. Okay, I get it. Your <laughs> team, John Cena. John Cena doesn't bury anybody. I think the audience gets it as well. Okay, okay. So we'll move on. <laughs> I made my point. I made my point. But we brought I'm up sure? Bailey. Do you have anybody else? <laughs> I don't think so. So we brought oh. up Bailey. All right? So, yeah. so, so, let's, so Bailey haters, fire up Twitter. Let's see if Bailey can block me on Twitter. Let's see if, uh, if if the hugger can oh, block me on Twitter. I don't think she will. Um, yeah, she's too nice. Now, well, her character is too nice. That's part of the problem. So yep. everyone – right now the notion is that Bailey is being written poorly. Ever since coming up to Raw, Bailey has been written poorly, and Bailey's been wasted, and, and they don't know what to do with Bailey, and poor Bailey, and we all want to give Bailey a hug because she's so cute, and she's got a side ponytail because Dusty Rhodes told her to have a side ponytail. And she speaks from the heart, and Hello Kitty speaks from the heart because Hello Kitty doesn't have a fucking mouth. And 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 here's Bailey, and Bailey walks in and gets to win the, the the Raw Women's Championship pretty much right fucking away, which was a mistake to begin with. And now Bailey has gone for shit. And Patrick O'Dowd, that's apparently all because of the writing. The writing is so bad that it's caused Bailey to suck. Well, Patrick O'Dowd, the problem with Bailey is not the writing. The problem with Bailey is shocking. Bailey, Bailey's act worked in NXT because it was on a small scale. Her her insufficient promo skills, where she can't talk worth a lick, 
worked on a small scale. All this little girl bullshit worked on a small scale because that's what NXT is. I hate to say it, but yes, she got to perform at Barclays Center and all that stuff, but by and large, NXT is a small-scale operation, and Bailey works there, and when you went to Raw, you got exposed for the skills you didn't have. Yes. I, 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 you know, I, I think it's... You talk about it. Like it's, I, I just don't find it interesting. Like, at all. No. And, 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 and so... That tells you that people who are smarter than us recognize that an audience doesn't find her interesting at yeah. all. Uh, and you can tell, like, I, you, you can always tell how a, you know how somebody's doing by the segments you skip. And I can say that for myself personally, uh, I've yet to stay on any ba- Bailey segment um, ever, by like at all. Once Sasha Banks and, and Charlotte kind of got pulled out of that equation, uh, Bailey was boring. Uh, yeah. Bailey was boring when Sasha Banks and Charlotte were in the equation. Uh, but at least there was two people that were telling a compelling side story to at least make you wonder what was going to happen. So, oh, say at WrestleMania. And, you know, when you look at, you, you talked about Alexa Bliss. When you put the two of them side by side and you watch them work, there's a reason that Alexa Bliss is now walking around with the belt. Oh, yeah. And, and probably will until they send up Asuka to, to beat her. Uh, you know, because everybody seems to think she's going to go to SmackDown. I'm like, whatever, send her to Raw. Um, yeah, I would too. I, I, you don't need her in SmackDown. No, no, but you got uh, Nakamura at SmackDown. Like, no offense. Exactly. But, but you need yeah. to spread the Japanese talent out. Spread, like, spread, your, spread your Asians. But I also think, you know, when you look at the, the parody of the talent, uh, Raw is not SmackDown right now. And this is kind of how it goes when you look at the lack of depth mm-hmm. within, the, within the women's, you know, division in general. And, and people can talk about it. Like, there are that is not to say that there aren't terrific women performers on both brands of the WWE. That is not what I am saying at all. Cause I don't want this to come out that like Patrick O'Dowd thinks women's wrestling is crappy. That's the, not true. On the O'Dowd wrestling but, podcast, Patrick O'Dowd thinks women's wrestling. Yes. No, but it's about numbers. And, and frankly, you don't have the numbers in the depth so that when you split the division up and you, and you look at the talent that's well, one, you look at how Sasha Banks is being used. Probably your, your, you know, your other ace that you could be using over at Raw, and she just finished up working a, a program with 205 Live, and it sounds like um, the WWE is looking to put more women over in 205 Live, so that means you're going to pull more women away from somewhere. Um, that's its own problem. But um, when, you, when you look at the rest of the town, like, I'm sorry, I'm not sold on Nia Jax yet at all. Um, I, I'm sold on her for what she is as a character, mm-hmm. but I don't know what else you do with her after the monster. She's one of those that when the monster loses, you know, right. how do you deal with the monster? And she's not the same monster that like Asuka is. Cause Asuka's being booked as a monster as well, yes. oh, yeah. but, but she is not booked as the same type of monster. And I think when Asuka comes up, if you put her in raw, she can be booked as a monster and she needs to keep going. And if she loses, she still hasn't lost. Like she's, you know, know. people keep reading. Like she's, she is, Really done. I, like, I don't know how they take the belt off of her other than in one of these triple threat matches, she finally isn't involved in the pin. Well, that's what should have happened. So that they can move her takeover. up. Yeah, they, they, it should have, but it didn't. She should have not been involved in the pin. And then I think, because anything can happen in the WWE, but not when Asuka goes undefeated. Like, let Ruby Riot pin Nikki Cross. Then you yep. build up a rematch and Asuka wins the belt back because she's that good and should win the belt back. The thing is, the sad thing. Maybe is, she just advocates it. Maybe, maybe she, she just is like, I'm done. Then she just suddenly 
is going to lose to Ember Moon when Ember Moon comes back. Yeah. That's the build. And I don't know if it's wasted or not. Maybe they see huge things for Ember Moon. I think it's great. She's another one who, when she goes to the main roster, her promo ability is going to be exposed because she's not that good when it comes to promos. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry because I'm a big fan. Again, I'm a much bigger fan of Ember Moon than Bailey. Plus, when Bailey was in NXT, they plucked everybody away. Like, she had one yeah. little short view with, with Alexa Bliss, and, and then she you know, ended up losing Asuka. But they plucked away Becky Lynch, and they could have kept her down. You know, they plucked yeah. away Charlotte. They plucked away Sasha Banks. These were all before the brand split, too. So yeah, absolutely. when the yeah. women's revolution was happening. Well, no, yeah, another thing is the brand split, I think, you know, of all the areas that it hurt, um, the, you know, where people might perceive it hurt the WWE, if you want to go back to the pay-per-view argument that we had earlier in the show, this was the one, this is the one area where I think it absolutely does hurt yeah. because you, you hurt your depth. Um, and the women's division has always been less. I mean, I mean, the only place it's, you know, worse off in my humble opinion is tag team wrestling. And that's because the WWE doesn't care about tag team wrestling on any level. Well, um, they pulled the tag teams up. I mean, they pulled the revival up. They, yeah. They, they broke up, you know, well, and TDM, you know, you know, T, TDM or TD, TM five one. I was thinking about their yep. indie name and I hate that. So I shouldn't do that. But you know, one of them got hurt, and, and so without sure. Shane Hayes, Nick Miller's just kind of waiting it out uh, until they come back, and that'll reignite. You broke up Gargano and, and Ciampa, which was the right thing to do, in my opinion. You should have broke them up because yep. you, you did all you could with them. You build it up, then you blow it up. You yep. milk it for as long as you well, can. And then you, you I mean, and, and they're, working on, they're, work, they're working on breaking up Enzo and Cass. So, yep. you know, so we're, I mean, everybody feels like that's going to be what happens here. So, you know, and anyway, I don't want to get this into a tag tag team discussion, but really, you, so you look at it. So you've got you've got a, a, a very strong talent on Raw, uh, working a program right now with somebody who is not strong at all, and probably just needs to go back down to NXT, or yeah. should be one of the people, who, or or should be one of the people who ship to 205 Live. Like if you're going to ship somebody to 205 Live, which is again another sort of small potato show, um, then, then maybe that's what you do, even though it's you know part of the SmackDown tour. So, you know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know what I do with Bailey? Um, you know what? You know what I do with Bailey? And this is, you know. Fire? No, no, no. I wouldn't fire her. Okay. She's marvelous. Okay. She, she was yeah. pushed too hard too fast. She's a great lower card act. But it, that, yeah. that, that she goes over somebody on a house show. People love her. They hug, whatever. She gets a random title shot, maybe a short run. She's like Homicide in Ring of Honor. Homicide yeah. held the belt for three shows and then lost it to yeah. Takeshi Morishima. And after all that build, like you didn't have all that build for Bailey to win the belt on the main roster. She won it too fucking fast. And no, I would at this day and age, because I can't go back and, and change what they did booking wise. So what do we do with Bailey today? Because kind of written her out. She got her ass kicked by Alexa Bliss, and she should have. And now she she wasn't on Raw on Monday. She should compete in the May Young Classic. In my yeah. Opinion. And now, but but she should lose. But she should lose in the finals. Pick who you want to build through the May Young Classic. Let Bailey go through competitive matches, relight the fire. She loses. Then you have a ready-made program between Bailey and her. Because I'll just I'll just pull pull one out that I think is extremely talented and is going to be a big star in the WWE, most likely in the tournament. That's that's a woman from overseas. Her name's Tony Storm. Crazy yep. talented, you know, female. She just won the Progress Women's Championship. I apologize if you haven't seen that yet. It's like two weeks old now, so it's not really a spoiler. And she's the first ever Progress Women's Champion, and they love them some progress in the WWE. So that's you know not going to be an issue. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's. I think you I think you book her to win the tournament, and then immediately put her in as a star somewhere. And now you have a ready-made program with Bailey. Have her cheat to win to beat Bailey in the finals. 
Like, go sure. straight-laced, whole tournament, because you're doing it like the CWC and not like the UK tournament. So you go straight-laced, whole tournament, no cheating. And all of a sudden, and like old school, like feet on the ropes, like just something that's so down and dirty and really shitting on the May Young Classic by cheating to win in the finals over an established star like Bailey. Now you've got Bailey a reason to be mad because everything she stands for was, was wronged and defeated. That's the thing. Like Alexa Bliss didn't cheat Bailey out of anything. She just beat. Oh no, she just beat the shit and, out of her. And, you know, <laughs> and of course, she did it in the hometown. And so you do this, and then you reignite Bailey. And maybe she needs to be down in NXT for a while because some people things don't work out in NXT, and they become trainers and they become you know agents. And she was helping with some of that stuff before she got called up to the main roster. Like if you yep. watch Breaking Ground, you'll see the fact that Bailey. You know, and Scott Dawson both had roles backstage in NXT, and maybe that's where she can excel. Who knows? I still think she has a place on the main roster. It's just not at the top of the card and not rushed into a championship when, for her, it's all about the chase. And once she yeah. wins, story's over. And so I think you got to yeah, do something she's with Ricky, I mean, it's Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. It's Ricky, Ricky Steamboat, Steamboat all over again. title reign was terrible. You know, and it was for most of because, it. Yeah. That's a great match with Flair. Then it was done. Then he was down to the U.S. championship. And, and then the tag team championship. Like, it just wasn't, you know, and he never won that belt in WWF because I think Vince knew better. Yeah, because he, he, he is. He's, he's a, I mean, for as much as people talk about there needs to be a good guy and a bad guy, the consummate baby really hasn't worked since the, since the 80s, like early 80s, There's been as a world champ. That I can think of off the top of my head right now, and that's Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but even him, but but you even pointed out, like Daniel Bryan, what was next? Oh, exactly. That injury. So now I, I hate to wish injury on anybody, but in ring career wise and booking wise and everything else, that injury was a good thing to happen to him. Yes. Yeah. Fans were gonna start turning on the, the feel good act and his, he was talking about his dad and everything else. And then he was gonna get fed to Brock Lesnar. And he was gonna get destroyed by Rock, Brock Lesnar at that SummerSlam, worse than John Cena did. And John Cena yeah. got nothing in. Like, like that was go- supposed to be Daniel Bryan. Uh, the internet would still be complaining about that if that's what happened. So, yeah, sure. it, it, and I kind of and, and that's yeah, and, and maybe and, it should. And happen. that's with the group, and that's with the group of people who love Brock Lesnar. So, right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree on that one hundred percent. Like, yeah, I think that um, you, you just don't you don't see it. People don't people don't want that. And so they they want some edge to their to their good guys. Um, there's you know. And the, the concept of Bailey doesn't really work, and yeah. and I think that's what Bailey Bailey is. You know, Bailey is sugar sweet, uh, you know, wonderful wonderful person. <laughs> like it's not about her skill in the ring, um, but it's about her ability to truly connect. And right. she's she's great with the kids. Like you know, she's great. You know, she's great with the kids. She probably sells headbands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or whatever it is that she sells. And, um, you, you know, she should never, ever stop being the I'm a hugger. No, she should She should never, she should never, ever stop. You know, like, seriously, she's a sympathetic baby. She should never stop being the one who gets picked on um, because people want to see her go over, but you don't want to see her as a champ. You know who she is? I just, fa- I just realized what she is, Patrick Dowd. And this person's she? in the Hall of Fame. This person yep. is in the WWE Hall of Fame. She is the women's division version. She is the women's division's Coco Beware. Yeah, that's exactly. I was going to go. 
Coco was the feel-good act, came out with the bird, occasionally got yeah. a shot at the Intercontinental Championship just to put that person over. And there's nothing wrong with that. Coco Beware had a long, mm-hmm. prosperous, financially prosperous well, career. career yeah. Bailey See, I, was a, I, I went bigger than I went bigger than Coco. I actually started thinking of Rey Mysterio. Like nobody ever wanted yeah. to see Rey Mysterio win the title. Um they, well, they wanted to see him win the title. You didn't want to see him hold really the title. Well, yeah, you don't want to see him hold the title. So that's that was my that was what was popping into my yeah. head as you were talking about Coco. I know. Um, same idea though. Like same idea. Like Ray, both times that Ray went after the title, it was like this big rise up that um, people got really excited about, and they pulled for because it was after Chase. And then the other yeah. one, yes, because Eddie died. But um, but in both you know in both of his instances, it was it was a different feeling. Um, but he didn't hold it very well. No, once he held the belt for like one episode of Raw. Yeah. One at the beginning and, and, and he lost at the end. And he lost yeah, and at he the end to John Cena. <laughs> Full circle, Greg. Right? Full circle. That's what we do. Oh, goodness. So there you go. The problem with being buried by John Cena is not John Cena, but the problem with Bailey is, in fact, Bailey. going to do it for this week's edition of DeMarco Wrestling. For Patrick O'Dowd, I am Greg DeMarco, and we will see you next time. What makes a man? Is it the power in his hands? Is it his quest for glory? Give it all you got to, to fight to the top so we can know your story. Shut your dumb mouth.